Hello, welcome to Christmas Actually with Luke Allen and Lara Collier, the podcast that takes a look at the Richard Curtis film Love Actually, one day at a time. It's Tuesday the 15th of December, actually. I'm one of your hosts, Luke Allen. I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Lara Collier. Salutations. And our two special guests, Kelly Hansen. Hi there. And Alex Wilde. Hello. So before we get to both of you introducing yourself, I will say to the listeners that this episode was lost. Um, We completely lost the recording of this episode. I'm sorry, we? Me. It's all my fault. Me just make we makes it sound like we've got like a whole team behind us. Uh, it's just me in a room. Technically, editing. it was your computer. It wasn't you. Yeah, but it was me not giving it a good name to save as to know whether I had it or not, and it appears I didn't have it. And so we were Luke, trying I'm to trying figure to out what to do. Here. I'm trying yeah, to yeah, give yeah. you credit here. I just I need, I need to I need to humanize myself so the listeners can relate. Um, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, um. So I appreciate both of you, um, Alex and Kelly, for coming back, and Laura, obviously, uh, for coming back Hello. to re-record this episode. Um, we have actually completed the entire show now, well, except for uh, the very last episode in the new year at some point. Uh, but So it does actually mean that, Alex and Kelly, you have both not only recorded this episode together before, but both come back for the special. So you may be best friends at this point, which may defeat the point of the show. We um, are, actually. Yeah, We've been hanging out a lot. Yeah, so. I've been going to America quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's actually really irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Kelly, would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about who you are? Sure. So my name's Kelly Hansen. I'm one of the hosts of Rocky Horror Minute, which is a minute-by-minute podcast about the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I'm also, when there's not a pandemic, on the DC Rocky Horror cast, the Sonic Transducers. So, mm, interesting. Yeah. If, yeah. if you're ever in DC post pandemic, please do come to one of our shows. And Alex, who are you? I still haven't seen them, actually. Um, <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's your fact you play guitar and you have not seen love actually yeah. <laughs> and what what's quite funny is in recording this episode first time round, that you had half an hour warning beforehand so you were like mm. the least prepared guest we've had on mm. now you've had a month <laughs> 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 um not a month of preparing mind uh mm. that would be a bit much um so my first note is because I did go slightly through, uh, I had my local, so I went slightly through what I started the episode by talking about, which was Lara watching About Time for the first time. So, Lara, let's talk about that. You probably don't remember half of it now, but um, you watched About Time for the first time. Uh, oh, wh- did. How did you find it? <laughs> like, well, I, I loved it. It was so good. Like, it did shock me of how like good it was, and I understood why you were raving about it and like was trying to convince me to watch it for, like, how long? A year? Shall we say? About uh, a year? I'd say about a year. Yeah, way before I started the show, I was still talking about it being a beautiful film. Uh, well, there I, you go. A year. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd say a year. I'm pretty sure I remember talking with you about it when we did that those music videos, which were 11 months ago. It was like oh. the 5th of January or something. No, it wasn't. No. <laughs> That's not real. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. crap! But yeah, like I said, about time was great. Really shocked me, and I do recommend it to every single person on this planet. So yeah, yeah. We open this scene with Harry 
saying to Mia, right, back at three, Christmas shopping, never easy or pleasant task. She says, are you going to get me something? And it's like, come on, Mia, I hate you. Um, (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess her devil outfit made sense then. Well, yeah, (laughs) it was also a bit OTT, but yeah, it made sense. Well, yeah. Um, He says, "Uh, I don't know, hadn't thought. Where's Sarah, by the way? Uh, she couldn't make it in today. Family thing. That's a word for hangover I've never heard before. See you later. Um, so I do like the fact that Harry actually cares about Sarah and her love life so much that he was going to check up on her, I assume, and say, like, how did it go with Carl last night? Yeah, which well, we he's know, the only one who cares. He's yeah, which we do cares. know is not very well. Um, but so she couldn't make it in today. Family thing. So maybe her brother really was doing unwell that night and she's still with his brother, her brother. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so Mia says, so, uh, yes, looking forward to it a lot. Uh, Harry says, you're going to get me, me something? She said, I thought I made it clear last night. When it comes to me, you can have everything. Oh, go away, Mia. Um, <laughs> no one says that except me. Uh, <laughs> no, no one appears in the scene and says, go away, Mia. Um, so can I check? Does everyone hate Mia as much as I do? Yes. I, I mean... I mean... Yes, but I hate her as much as a character as I do as like a person. Yeah, and uh, yeah, of course, Alex, you don't. Yeah, I don't know, but she seems like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, it's and here she's clearly just stirring stuff here. Like I think she just wants to screw up Harry's life. Yeah, I, I don't even think that. she particularly wants to get with Alan Rickman. I think genuinely she just wants to cause havoc. Yeah, I can agree with that. She wants to get whatever she can. Like, she's getting a necklace, obviously. Presumably sleeping with your boss could, could behoove you in a material sense. That's what I think her motivation is. Mm, yeah. And I mean, he is also Alan Rickman. like. A, he's older than her, but he was a very handsome man. But, you know. Yeah, I think there was a deleted scene at one point where she says to someone, like, I'm a bit bored, might as well have an affair with my boss. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> all right. Well, you ever having one of those days? <laughs> <laughs> and the friend that she actually talked to in that deleted scene is Mark. Um, nice. Because it was going to be implied that they, uh, like... Like good friends for some reason. I don't Mark know. is who? Mark is um the guy who turned up at Juliet's door with the cards. Oh, okay. Well good. Those two deserve each other. <laughs> I we we, we talk about this during the card scene. I have certain readings of his story <laughs> that makes me not mind it so much. Fair. Yeah. That's true. I mean, it's a bit of a time warp, but I do remember discussing that with you. Personally, that is not my reading of the scene, but that if that were the case, then he's not so bad. But Yeah, it's... I think the the way that I'm looking at it is, whilst this has never been said um, in, the, in the film whatsoever, is I was looking at it as if Mark actually had a crush on Juliet before she got with Peter. And then, I've said it a lot on the show, so the listeners will be very, very bored of me continually saying it, but essentially my reading of their story would be just that, say, like, Mark invited Juliet to a party, um, 
and he obviously invited Peter along. He was holding a party almost specifically in order to woo Juliet. And then Juliet falls for Peter at the party. And so for like the first few months of their of their relationship, he's thinking, I'll just wait for them to break up. And then there's still that kind of thing in the back of his mind before like until it goes away, if that makes sense. So that way he has always had something for her from before it was a conflict of interest with Peter. Yeah. But the film does nothing to tell us that's the case. <laughs> yeah, we kind of just have to use our imagination. And I don't know why I want to give Mark the benefit of the doubt. I, I don't know. I think it's just I like Andrew Lincoln's performance. He's not even in this scene, but he's got. A, <laughs> he's it. My, my favorite scene is part of their story, which is the scene where um, he does those turnarounds. Well, yeah, and the bit just before yeah. that when Kira Knightley's watching the video. Oh yeah. Like Kira Knightley's performance is amazing. It's just okay. Well, how many times have we heard this now? I don't know, but it's gay. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, um. So Harry says, "So, um, what do you need? Something along the stationary line? Are you short of staplers?" She says, "No, I don't want something I need. I want something I want. Something pretty." He says, "Right, right." And it's just, oof. just shut up. Yeah, just. Obviously, the point is that we're supposed to hate Mia. Like, it's not a, it's yeah. not a negative thing on the film, but oh, she angers me so much. <laughs> I mean, like, there isn't a single likable trait about her. At least, still, yeah, she's not Sarah yeah. and Carl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at least she's got some personality, even if it's a bad one. That is true. Actually, yeah, that's true. I can agree on that. I feel like I've been really horrible to Sarah and Carl this whole show. Yeah, uh, well, it's fine. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, have we got any other final comments on this little bit before we move into the shop? Mm, nope. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that as a no. There we go. Um, so, we move into this this shop scene. Um, and for you, Alex, try and set your mind back a month ago to when you first watched this. Mm. Was it a surprise to see Rowan Atkinson in this film? Yes, very much so. Yeah, he's he's only in this scene and one other brief moment in the film, but it's just kind of so. Yeah, we've got this this scene in now the the shopping mall, and uh, Karen says, "Sorry, I'm late. Had to drop off Bernie at rehearsal." Right. Listen, you keep yourself occupied for ten minutes while I do the boring stuff for our mothers. And the salesman says, "Thank you." Uh, salesman is called Rufus and is played by uh, Rowan Atkinson, obviously. And this scene is one of the most complex nights of filming for the film. They started at 9 PM and finished at 5 AM, uh, filmed in Selfridges. And it was based on a, a situation where Richard tried to buy a Christmas present in New York. And just, they kept wanting to add more and more things in terms of gift wrapping. Well, I like that. It's like based on something that happened to him. Cause it's not like, Oh yeah, this could possibly happen. Like it did happen. Like, I just think that's, yeah, I kind of, well, they always say write what you know, and that's something which I think is definitely a sort of important thing when it comes to screenwriting. So uh, uh, Rufus says, looking for anything in particular, sir? Yes, uh, that necklace there, how much is it? It's £270. Um, all right, uh, I'll have it. That surprises me because he's so clearly shocked as to how expensive it is and he's still willing. <laughs> Why? Yeah, but what? Also, it's a disgusting necklace. It does not look. That's what I was just about to say. Why would you pay two hundred and seventy quid for that? Yeah, that I don't know anybody who thinks that necklace is pretty. It's so bad. 
also apologies to all of our listeners that that has been our, that is our album artwork mm-hmm. for every episode they listen to but <laughs> I mean, it was kind nice... of the, yeah. it was kind of the only image that the only prop from love actually that i felt worked <laughs> And kind of mm. express the film but it's definitely not that nice a necklace no i well i mean the price does make sense because if that's real gold it is ridiculously oh, yeah. chunky like it's basically a gold bar around your neck but it is just hideous <laughs> that would be so heavy to wear if you think about it as well yeah yeah i don't but and like were, he's definitely in, he's in a rush sure but she asked for something pretty she didn't ask for an ugly block of gold well, I mean, the reaction of everyone in the movie is that this is a nice necklace, so... Yeah, well, they're actors, so... Yeah, I mean... well, I know, I know, I'm just saying, like, I don't think it was like, oh, he just picked something out in a rush that actually sucked. Like, I think in the in the Love Actually universe, this is somehow a nice necklace, but I don't think so. And I mean, I was pretty young when this movie came out, so maybe this was more fashionable at the time, but I don't I think so. Yeah, they say we didn't exist. Um, I know. Well, I'm. Wait, Alex, I'm did you exist? Tag. <laughs> uh, when did it come out? When did it come out, Luke? Around Christmas 2003. Yeah, I don't know. Damn it! <laughs> so, Alex, what are your memories of fashion when you were a, a baby? <laughs> Question. <laughs> so I would have been 12. When you so... were a couple of months old, Alex, would you have spent two hundred and seventy pounds on that necklace? I mean, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Threw it me as a baby. <laughs> yeah, on a nice chunky baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> so he he'll have it, and the salesman says, "Lovely. Would you like it gift wrapped?" And he says, "Yes. All right. Uh, bad." idea obviously um the jewelry salesman says lovely let me just pop it in the box there he says look could we be quite quick certainly sir ready in the flashiest of flashes there i realized from my actual transcript i don't have any notes as to what he's doing <laughs> um so i'm uh in fact i remember what he's doing well i was just gonna say give me 30 seconds and i'll read it from the actual script book um, I was going to say, because like, I watched the scene about three times because I found it so funny. Like I was giggling so hard the, la- the first time. Second time, I was still giggling, but I managed to pay a bit of attention. Then the third time, I was like just stone cold watching it. That's good. It's good that it's so effective on rewatch. Yeah, but it still makes me giggle. <laughs> right. So, would you like a gift wrap? Yes, all right. Lovely. He takes the next out, puts it in the little box. Just pop it in the box there. Look, could be quite quick. Yep. Uh, Red and flash the flashiest. In a very trained manner, he cuts two feet off the ribbon, wraps it round the box, then wraps it round again, then ties it. There. That's great. Not quite finished. Rufus opens a drawer and takes out a see-through cellophane bag. All the while, Harry is looking round nervously. Look, actually, I don't need a bag. I can just put it in my pocket. This isn't a bag, sir. Really? This is so much more than a bag. (laughs) He opens the bag, opens another drawer and takes out little dried roses. Harry continues to look worried. Could we be quite quick, please? Prontissimo. Then some lavender and sprinkles it in the bag. He then opens another drawer and takes out a four inch stick of cinnamon. What's that? It's a cinnamon stick, sir. Actually, I I really can't wait. You won't regret it, sir. Want to bet? Looking round more frantically. Tis but the work of a moment. He twists the top of the bag, ties the cinnamon stick on it. Almost finished. Almost finished? What else can there be? Are you going to dip it in yoghurt and cover it with chocolate buttons? No, sir. We're going to pop it in the Christmas box. 
But I don't want a Christmas box. You said you wanted a gift wrap, sir. I did, but this is the final flourish. Can I just pay? He's looking desperately round. Um, Rufus is putting on a protective glove. All it needs now is a sprig of holly. No, no, no bloody holly. <laughs> but sir, leave it, leave it, just leave it. Because sure enough, Karen is right there. Harry bounces away from the counter. And this is, yeah, it's definitely one of the more memorable sequences of the film. Uh, probably just because of how much of a surprise it is to see Rowan Atkinson, apart from the fact that he's on the bloody poster. Yeah, true. <laughs> but yeah, oh, it's Oh, God, good. I just love that scene way too much. I giggle at it, even though, like, you were just reading it. I'm not mm-hmm. watching it. It's still making me giggle. Pop it in the Christmas box is one of my favourite <laughs> lines from the film. It's the way he says it. Pop it in the Christmas box. And I'm like... Yeah, well, Rowan Atkinson can be given any lines and make them funny. Yeah, or no lines at all, as in, like, in Mr. Bean, he was hilarious. Yeah, that is true. Because, like, he does a a show called May Gray, which is a genuine, serious, like, crime drama where he plays a detective. And I can't watch it, because hearing Rowan Atkinson say words makes me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, but, like, here's something else. Like, Rowan Atkinson is Zazu from The Lion King. I can't take Zazu seriously, because I'm just imagining Mr. Bean in my head. I, d- I yeah, don't know. I can't. I can't think of any other comedian or comic actor who has such a presence that just the sight of them makes you laugh. Yeah, like oh, I don't know how he managed it, and like the fact that he can literally say the word "bean" and you, he kills a room. He actually kills a room by saying. Bean. Yeah, even you, even you saying that reminds me of him <laughs> saying that and makes me like chuckle. It's yeah. <laughs> Rowan Atkinson is definitely a comic genius. What? Let, 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 let's go here then. What's everyone's favourite Rowan Atkinson role? Probably Johnny English. Uh-huh. It's, it's got to be Mr. Bean for me. Yeah. Mr. Bean, without a shadow of a doubt, Mr. Bean. They're all up there for me, but for me it's uh, Keeping Mum, where he plays Reverend oh, Goodfellow, yeah. uh, which is such a great movie where Rowan Atkinson is actually one of the only more serious characters in it. Uh, and it's a whole movie, a comedy film about Maggie Smith being a serial killer. Oh, no watch that where can i watch that i don't know i could lend you the dvd probably uh i don't have a dvd it, maybe that is uh that would cause difficulty um yeah. i don't know i could probably find it somewhere i don't know it's, it's I could a, probably pay for it on amazon or something yeah it's a brilliant brilliant movie to um, be clear maggie smith playing a serial killer not the movie is about the actress Maggie Smith being yeah, a serial yeah. killer. It's, yeah, yeah, it's Maggie Smith playing the role. Because I would love to see that. Right. I'd watch that movie too. Professor McGonagall murdering people. All right then. Yeah, but I like the concept of them casting someone else to play the role of Maggie Smith in a film about Maggie Smith being a serial killer. Who would you, who would you cast to play Maggie Smith in your Maggie in a Maggie Smith serial killer movie? We're going there now. Who would you cast? That's a good question. I'd say Julie Walters. Yes, that's actually good. I like that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember her name. Um, Do you know what? It wouldn't work, but I just wanted, I'd, I'd want to see it. I want to see Dame Ju- Judy Dench do it. Like, I don't know, um, why. Yeah, I thought, I don't know why. I thought you were going to say Alan Rickman. <laughs> <laughs> I would go with Shirley MacLaine if she yes. can do an English accent. I don't know if she can or not. I have no idea either, but Shirley MacLaine would be good. Mm. And if we're going that sort of era, uh, Glenda Jackson might do it quite well as well. Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, there's uh, there's there's our casting of our new movie. <laughs> 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 
is a serial killer. Let's get <laughs> together and do this, guys. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, I I don't know what there is. There's stuff to say, but I don't know what there is to say. It's just comedy gold. This whole sequence, I think, it's just it it proves um, because this film is oh, it's a romantic comedy. There is, of course, comedy in it, but it proves a lot of Richard's comedy skills. Yeah. Because this film does get very serious in places, as does a lot of Richard's films. So it, it's it's like almost a, a, scene. yeah, it's almost a especially this story. It's 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 almost a step back to classic Richard Curtis territory when he was writing Mister Bean, when he was writing Blackadder, when he was writing Vicar of Dibley. That kind of just genuinely funny, nothing else other than humor kind of thing, and yet it doesn't stand out as as an out of place scene either. It's a completely different style of comedy to the rest of the film, and yet it fits in perfectly. Yeah. It fits in the Christmas box that is Love Actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> just wow. He just pretended to lose the audio from the last episode so he could work that in. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Probably. <laughs> I mean, it's something Luke would do, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Although, to be honest, I am kind of bored of editing ever since uh, editing that Christmas Eve episode that's coming out. Oh, don't even, don't even. So what else have we got to say about Rowan Atkinson as the jewellery salesman? Because we're doing really good for time. Well, basically, I uh, I think that, like you said, the humour in this scene is great, but there's also a decent amount of suspense. Even though it's... This is such a realistic thing, because even though it's the stupidest thing in the world to go buy a present for your mistress when you're literally shopping with your wife, there are so many men who would do that and be like, yeah, it's fine. I'll just grab it while she's off doing something else. Uh, so anyway, the, the suspense in the scene really, it adds a fun element that you don't get in a lot of the rest of the movie. Yeah. And it, uh, that, that, that's why I think it's so weird that it doesn't feel out of place because it should, right? I think so because even it's not like, it's not like the kind of suspense you would get from like a murder thriller. It's more like it's the type of thing that you get in interpersonal relationships. So I just think it adds some fun depth. And obviously those two actors are great and they're so funny. It's just, um, it's a shame that it's, it's such kind of a sad point of no return for Alan Rickman. Yeah. But because, I mean, until then, you don't really know if he's... Well, actually, I guess the real the real thing is when he when he asks her back at the office when it, what she would like. But until then, you don't really know if he's going to cheat on his wife. Yeah, it's... And to be honest, it's never actually explicitly said as to whether it's just the necklace or anything else. Um what do we think about the fact that Rowan Atkinson was originally intended to be a guardian angel in this scene? So he was like deliberately drawing it out. Yeah. And obviously the scene he's got later on with Sam in the airport as well. It's the, it, it, it's like his two scenes. He's actually like, because this happens is the reason why she ends up finding out about the affair. Um, because I think in her, in him dragging it out, she catches him at the jewelry section so she's suddenly interested in what he might have bought her yeah and then later on you know he holds up he takes ages as well to hold up uh the airport security so sam can slide right through and there was going to be at the end just a 
a thing where he kind of just magically disappears and it was going to be revealed that he was an angel. Do you think that that reading would have worked? Do you think it would have flowed in the film? Uh, yes, but I like that they kept it subtle. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that the addition of explicit supernatural forces would have added a lot to this movie. I, there's, a, there's a sitcom, uh, I don't know if any of you have seen it, a sitcom called Rev, uh, starring Tom Hollander as a vicar. And in one of the very last episodes, spoilers to anyone if they're planning on watching Rev, just skip about 30 seconds or whatever ahead. In one of the very last episodes, the vicar's having a breakdown and a, a crisis of faith. And he meets this homeless man out while he's out on a walk. A homeless man played by Liam Neeson. Um, and he, he sits and talks to this homeless man who at first is just saying stupid things. But then the homeless man turns to him and he says, you know, we all have our crosses to bear. Just know whatever you're going through, I'll be with you. And Liam Neeson like walks off, then turns around and the homeless man's disappeared. And it's supposed to be like, you know, it's up to your own interpretation as to whether it was, you know, a message from God or whether it was just a crazy homeless man. I would have liked to have seen something like that done here where like, you know, they, they turn around and he's just not there. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. But shout out to the sitcom Rev. It's one of my favorite shows. It's brilliant. Um, it was, it was recommended to me when I did uh, two minutes about time. It was recommended to me by Ewan McIntosh, who listeners may know as the guy who played big Keith in the UK version of the office. And yeah, it, I bought the box set straight after he meant recommended it to me. And it's, it's great. Um, so shout out to Rev show from like five years ago. Um, but yeah, uh, my notes are out, but I feel this. well, Karen appears, spots him. Uh, he goes, Oh, loitering around the jewelry section. I see. No, I was just looking around. Don't worry. My expectations are not that high after 13 years of, Oh, of, I'll start that again. Don't worry. My max. Don't worry, my expectations are not that high after 13 years of, oh, but you always love scarves. Um, and it's, yeah. And I do like that later on, they do make a brief callback to the scarf thing as well. Uh, but it's, in seeing her at the end, it does make this, it does kind of bring the sadness into this comedy. Um, and Alex, the first time you saw this, did you, like, did you twig from Emma Thompson being there that he was having an affair and buying this necklace for... Someone else? Uh, I just thought he was in a rush. <laughs> I think yeah. it was late to work or something like that. Mm. Just, I didn't realise he was in an affair. That is uh, fair. If I went out shopping on my lunch break, this would be irritating just for just for that reason. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, I got places to be. <laughs> yeah. I've definitely had that where I've gone and done stuff on my lunch break and I'm thinking, this is taking way longer than it should. How do I tell them politely that I need to go? Yeah. Um, I mean, in yeah. general, if I were not in a rush, I would be actually very charmed by this. I know, like, the idea is it's supposed to be like, oh, how annoying would this be? But realistically, like, that's the kind of thing I would love, especially if the shop assistant was really into it. <laughs> but <laughs> but not, if, not if I, you know, my wife was coming back. Yeah, it's, it does seem like something that could be charming, definitely. Um I, I, you don't get to actually see it properly as to what it would have been like. I would like to see someone opening it up and seeing what it's out, what the experience is actually like in seeing it gift wrapped. But well, obviously, we don't get. It seemed that. like he got the big gift wrap, right? Because he left and then he had to come back later, and it was just in his pocket. Yeah, I was going to say, did he not get it completely gift wrapped? Because it doesn't. Well, it's no, just a I box in his pocket. <laughs> I think after that traumatic experience, he was like, no gift wrapping. 
But yeah, it does. It would be quite charming and sweet and add something to it. And it, by the sounds of things, he's not charging extra for gift wrapping either. So that's good. It's compensation for paying 260 odd quid on an ugly necklace. You might get a bit <laughs> of cinnamon with it. I'm sorry, the cinnamon stick was so weird. I know cinnamon is like a Christmassy thing, but I still find it weird to this day. Like, it's weird not to... even just like a cinnamon spray, but like just a cinnamon Yeah, it, or, or like cinnamon scented powder like he did with the lavender. Yeah. But to actually just shove a cinnamon stick in there. I also feel like, like lavender yeah. and cinnamon are not complimentary scents. But... Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah, so like... it'd be a bit overpowering, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, cinnamon has a more like oaky sort of woody sort of smell and then like lavender is more like sweet and flowery so like i just didn't see how that worked yeah imagine unwrapping something in a box that big and then finding it to be a tiny neck (laughs) to be honest that's like what my nan does at christmas she she uses she tends to do that sometimes where like they'll get they'll get something but they'll put it in like a completely different size box just to confuse everything which i I, I always respect she does it so that we can't guess what's in there I have unwrapped a giant box that was full of boxes that eventually got down to a jewelry box. So then I was pleased because it was jewelry, but then I would be so disappointed if I opened it up and it was that necklace. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but like, right. I I think the only time where that would, wow, another time where that would work, where you wrap it like so massive and like you've got so many layers to get through is, like, if you're proposing at Christmas, because I actually think that would be quite yeah. sweet. Like, I've got to go through all this. Oh, you want to marry me? Yay! <laughs> Something like that could definitely work. I think... Um, yeah. What, what I'd find funny is if the, the company that make the necklace see our logo for the show, and they're like, hey, maybe we'll see if we can sponsor the show. We'll just listen to this episode, and we're just saying horrible things about <laughs> the we're necklace. Just like, it's a horrible necklace. It's terrible. They had, like, custom ones made up for all of us that they were going to send. Yeah. Oh, they sent me in, that necklace and I'm selling it. In in, <laughs> in, in their defense, it might look better in hand. Uh, so send yeah. it anyway. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if nothing else, I can melt it down. But first thing I do with that necklace is selling it and buying a guitar. Mm. Honestly, Sam. Uh, have we got any other comments on this whole scene, uh, scene sequence? Nope. Okay. Well, where can our listeners find you on social media, Kelly? You can find me at RockyHorrorMinute.com, and we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's Rocky Horror Minute on Instagram and Facebook, and YouTube, and Rocky Horror Min at Twitter, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Brilliant. And I guess if they listen in January or whenever mine is out, I'll be on there at some point when we record that. <laughs> yes, exactly. I can't we remember when we decided. On. I can't remember when we, we decided. But we are, yeah, we're having you come on for the minutes where Dr. Scott first appears and gets wheelchair magneted up. Yeah, it's a. Uh, Lara, have you ever seen Rocky Horror being a musical fan? No. You'll either love Lara it or Lara would it. really like it. I think Lara would like the the live shows. I mean, everybody likes the live shows. Everybody has fun that I've ever taken, no matter how shy they are. But I think Lara would really particularly take to it. So, Alex, where can listeners find you? Uh, Alex W underscore music 03. I think that's right. Yeah, that's right. Is that Instagram? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Lara, where can they find you? Um, well, as always, you can find me on Instagram, Lara Collier underscore. You can find me on Facebook, Laura Collier Music. Um, you can also get my song, 
um, moving on. Um, on Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, all that jazz. You can also see the music video on YouTube at Bottle O Productions. There's also another music video on that YouTube channel that I did. Happy song, feel free to venture. I also have my own YouTube channel, which is just Lara Collier, and there are two videos up. Um, an original song called A Thousand, and a cover of Burn from Hamilton. Okay, brilliant. And the listeners can find me on Twitter at llama underscore bottle zero, on Instagram, the Ginger Luke, on Facebook, Luke Allen Film, all podcasts, radio appearances, newspaper articles, short films, anything I'm remotely involved in is ever at Luke Allen UK. This show is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Christmas Act Pod. They can also find us on IMDb. And I know I haven't plugged this in any other episode of the show uh, because we're recording this one later, but I'm also on Podchaser if anyone is a Podchaser person. I've only just kind of figured out how to use that site, but it's it's good fun. So if anyone wants to add me on Podchaser, I think I'm at the Ginger Luke on there. Um, and according to that, I've done 140 episodes, totaling 93 hours and 46 minutes. So you can use that if if for some reason you wanted a complete database of every show I'm connected with. First of all, I'd tell you to get a life, but second of all, I'd tell you to follow me on there. Um, and yeah, so thanks so much to both of you for coming, well, all three of you for coming back after I made this mm-hmm. mistaken audio deletion. Um, and the listeners can find us. The listeners will hear from us again tomorrow as Colin prepares to leave to go to America. Um, Sam starts learning the drums. Nativity costumes are being prepared. And Jamie and Aurelia start learning languages. So it's, we're in for an interesting one tomorrow. Lovely. Brilliant. Thank you and goodbye. Christmas Actually theme is performed by Ethan O'Mahony and is a cover of God Only Knows by the Beach Boys. Christmas Actually is produced by Bottolo Productions and is distributed by Lemming Drops Studio. For more podcasts and blogs, visit lemmingdrops.com. <laughs>